everyone, we wanted to take a quick moment to thank you all for joining us today. This podcast was recorded and is made available to you by Whitley Penn LLP and WP Wealth LLP solely for informational purposes. The information, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are general in nature and are not intended to be construed as the provision of financial or investment advice by Whitley Penn or WP Wealth. The information discussed in this podcast is accurate as of the day it was recorded, but may then become outdated over time. Please feel free to contact us if you have any questions, comments, or concerns in regard to the content presented. Thank you again for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome back to Whitley Penn Talks. This is Matt McGee with WP Wealth. I'll be moderating today's discussion. Uh, We actually have three guests on the phone today to really dive into retirement planning. Uh, Rebecca, take it away. Thank you, Matt. Um, Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Rebecca Sierp, and I work at WP Wealth and and Qualified Plan Advisor. I want to take some time to um, talk about our retirement plans with our partner providers, uh, DWC and PCS Retirement. I said I'd like to take a moment to introduce Joe Nichols. Thanks, Rebecca. Uh, I'm Joe Nichols. I'm Director of Actuarial Services at DWC, the 401k experts. Um, We're happy to be a partner with WP Wealth in uh, helping our clients uh, guide through, in normal times, what is a very complex uh, set of rules in uh, providing retirement benefits to uh, employees of our our sponsors. And so, uh, uh, DWC has uh, about 45 employees across the country. Uh, we provide uh, 401k and actuarial services to uh, thousands of plans uh, virtually. Uh, we've been a virtual company from the beginning. So uh, look forward to talking a little bit about uh, 401k plans, uh, defined benefit plans in this uh, unique environment. So thanks, Rebecca. And John, would you like to take a few moments to tell us a little bit about yourself and PCS Retirement? Sure, sure. Thanks, Rebecca, and uh, thanks for having me on today. Uh, My name is John Clark. I'm with PCS Retirement, and we are an independent 401k record keeper and third-party administrator. I've been around for about 20 years now, uh, founded in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, back in 2001 by a group of tax and ERISA attorneys, really to provide a fiduciary-friendly platform for independent advisors like WP Wealth to offer an investment lineup, an investment experience that was completely uh, conflict-free. So founded on the principles of being full fee disclosure, open architecture, no proprietary investments, um, really founded again on on being a fiduciary first and supporting our advisor partners and and our TPAs as well. Um, Fast forward to 2020, uh, we manage around 16,000 retirement plans uh, or about 750,000 participants. And uh, I've been with the firm for about nine years now, uh, pretty much my entire career, starting on the advisor services side uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, Then I transitioned to an external role covering the Midwest, which is how I got introduced to Whitley Penn and WP Wealth. Um, And about a year ago, year and a half now, I transitioned to the West Coast where I am supporting um, our advisors out here uh, and Whitley Penn, WP Wealth as well. So looking forward to the discussion today talking about the retirement plan industry and kind of where we are. Um, And again, thanks for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate uh, the intros. All right, let's jump right on in. So 2020 has been pretty eventful year. I'd love to hear what the lay of the land uh, has been from each of you and kind of what's to come for, for plan sponsors as well as participants. Uh, Joe, would you like to kick us off here? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, it seems uh, years ago since uh, the SECURE Act passed uh, back in December, we saw some pretty significant changes in that. Uh, being an actuary, I'm going to focus a little bit on the on the DB side. Um, but before I do that, you know, one of the significant changes was uh, the RMD, uh, required minimum distribution age, going up to age 72. Um, we'll get into some of the changes to that in the CARES Act that uh, has changed it even further. But uh, yeah, the, the landscape, it, it's, it's been interesting in the, in the fact that, you know, we still had a busy season. Um, and so while uh, working through all of that, we had a lot of, uh, uh, I guess the best word is angst uh, from our, our clients uh, in, uh, you know, not only worries about funding their plans, uh, but uh, with some of the CARES Act changes uh, that happened pretty quickly without a lot of uh, regulation. Uh, it, it's been pretty fast and furious. So um, again, this is a, you know, a very complex set of issues in, in normal times with uh, eligibility issues, contribution, vesting, and the regulations go on and on. Uh, and then you get something thrown at you, um, you know, very legislation that was passed very quickly without any guidance. Um, you know, that's, uh, I know that's something uh, John and I look forward to getting into a little bit more. So I guess uh, fast and furious is probably the best way, you know, that I can describe it right now. And for DB plans, can you define what you mean by that, just for somebody that might not know what you meant? Yeah, sure. So for a defined benefit plan, the benefits are guaranteed. Um, and so, you know, when, when something happens into the market, then we expect contributions to go up because benefits stay the same, assets go down, we have to put in more contributions. So in normal times, you know, that can be difficult to explain too. Um, you know, we try and communicate as best as possible. You know, that's why our three companies together work really well together because we all have the same passion of making sure that the, the plant sponsors um, have all the right information and communicate directly. But when, you know, when, when a time period like this happens, uh, clients are nervous, um, you know, what we did was we went out and we contacted every single one of our defined benefit clients um, because not only will the contributions go up uh, because of, uh, you know, assets going down and, and uh, that typically is based on where the assets are at the end of the year. So we still don't know where that's going to be, but there's still a lot of uncertainty. And then with cash mm -hmm. flow issues, we, we went out and we, um, we contacted each to see if, uh, you know, they need changes to the plan. So. Yeah, that was very helpful. Uh, John, would you like to give it give us some perspective on how things have been for for you guys? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, this has definitely been uh, 
one of the strangest years uh, of my life so far. Um, you know, heading into the Memorial Day weekend here, uh, I don't think anyone could have predicted uh, what's going on here with the coronavirus. But um, yeah, I mean, back in January, coming into the new year, there was a lot of excitement around uh, the SECURE Act, which was really what everyone was expecting uh, when that legislation was passed in December uh, toward the end of the year. Really, it did create a lot of excitement around um, essentially helping small businesses uh, establish plans, whether that was through uh, the tax incentives, um, the creation of the pooled employer plans, uh, relaxed safe harbor regulations. There was a lot done with the SECURE Act to help essentially increase plans and increase participant contributions. Um, you know, as we move through January and February, you start hearing about this uh, coronavirus overseas and um, it starts to, to build and build. And, you know, personally, I never really thought anything like that would happen here uh, in the U.S. But, you know, then we're all of a sudden in March and um, starting to become real. And I think for me, it, it became real when they canceled the NBA games. But all of a sudden, we had to pivot from uh, legislation with the SECURE Act that really was helping to you know, increase the number of plans, help participants essentially save for retirement to almost literally overnight the economy shut down. Uh, people are being furloughed or laid off. Uh, and then we have the CARES Act passed uh, towards the end of March, which basically was, in my opinion, almost the complete opposite of the SECURE Act uh, in the sense that it's really creating liquidity for uh, participants who were financially impacted by uh, the coronavirus. So we went from the SECURE Act, which again was was helping increase the number of plans and contributions to the CARES Act, which was helping participants access their retirement savings um, to help essentially pay their bills. So it's very interesting to, to see where, how we got to where we are. Um, you know, personally, I think there's a lot of uncertainty here, uh, here in May, and I'm not really sure what to expect for the rest of the year, but I think uh, there's a lot to be learned here in the next couple months. Um, so interesting to see how it shakes out. Yeah, I agree totally. Uh, it definitely hit home once they started canceling sporting events. Um, speaking of liquidating assets and things like that, have you seen a lot of participants drawing down or taking loans from their accounts? Can you speak to what you guys have seen? I guess we're two months into this, two and a half months into it. Yeah, so really with the CARES Act, what it did was uh, two primary um, two primary provisions there would be increasing the loan limits. So traditionally, the, the limit of 50000 has been increased to $100,000, um, and it got rid of that 50% balance requirement. So loans doubled uh, for participants, and at the same time, it created a new distribution, the coronavirus-related distribution, um, which in my opinion, maybe more beneficial, but it allows participants to take up to 100,000. It gets rid of the 10% early withdrawal penalty for those under 59 and a half. Um, there's a lot of benefits with that type of distribution versus a loan. Uh, you know, here at PCS, one of the things that we did right on the outset was not only started communicating with our plan sponsors, our advisors, our TPAs, and our participants, but we allocated resources to our participant call center um, just to get ready for what we expected to be a, a high number of loan requests and maybe uh, the new distribution requests. Uh, however, what we've seen is probably, I think we still have uh, 
we're, we're still waiting for that data to come out, I guess. In Q1, you got to think that the, the CARES Act was passed uh, March 27th. So when we look at, uh, you know, uh, transaction history for loans and distributions in the first quarter, um, I think the data is really uh, not that beneficial in the sense that the CARES Act was only passed on March 27th. So in terms of mm-hmm. loans and distributions here at PCS, they're pretty much in line with what we saw this time last year, so Q1 2019. If you look at the industry, I think those that data will be consistent. Um, I read a study just the other day uh, published by NAFA and distributions, uh, hardship requests, loans, they were only slightly above the figures in the first quarter last year. And I think that's really due to the fact that the CARES Act was only passed at the end of the first quarter. I think the data coming out for Q2 will paint a better picture in terms of how many more participants are requesting loans and distributions. So I think in the next two months, we'll have a better sense of what that participant behavior was like, not only here at PCS, but across the industry. Yeah, that makes total sense. Uh, all right, Rebecca, how's it been on the advisor front? So as John mentioned, you know, we started out 2020 talking about the SECURE Act that was passed in December of 19 and working with new business owners, existing business owners, looking to establish a plan and being able to uh, get the benefits of all the incentives that were being offered um, through the SECURE Act. Uh, there was changes in RMDs, uh, qualified disaster distributions, different things like that um, that we were focused on. And as John mentioned, you know, come the end of February, beginning of March, it starts to take a different turn. And it's very real that the U.S. is going to start being affected by the coronavirus, and we're starting to see more volatility in the markets. Um, calls were minimal. Um, we didn't have a lot of plan sponsor participant calls probably until the end of March. Um, and as advisors, our job is to not only support the plan sponsors and the design um, compliance of their plan, it's also to be a rock or a support system for the participants. Um, you know, our conversations have been great. Um, Marcus has been great. 2019 was a fabulous year, and it's easy to have meetings and everything's in the green. Um, now you're looking at people who are, are afraid they're going to lose their jobs, um, be furloughed, or perhaps their spouses are losing a job and they're having to tap into um, their accounts and, you know, take out a loan or a distribution. So, you know, it's always been um, something that we encourage people to to invest in and stay in their company's plan and be able to reap the benefits that their employer is providing for them. But when it comes down to a situation like this and it's you've got to, you know, be able to eat, you've got to be able to take care of your family, it's a completely different story. Um, you know, we we were able to take advantage of technology and post uh, memos to uh, the PCS retirement site so that when the participants logged on and saw their accounts rather than feel that anxiety which they're going to feel because their balances have dropped but give them a little bit of perspective of what it means to be in a 401k plan and to not be reactive and, and just be that support system that they need and be able to to be there for them and, and, and try to calm their nerves as best we can. 
Joe, let's kick it back to you. Any bold predictions on how this whole ordeal will change the industry for better or worse? Well, that's a that's a great question. Um, you know, uh, the I think in the short term, for the worse, uh, it's just another added layer of complexity on complexity. Uh, all this, uh, all these changes we had. Um, now they did, you know, for a lot of the changes, they did get to uh, the plan sponsors to have until 2022 to do remedial amendments to the plan. But when you do those remedial amendments, you need to know how you administer these changes. And so it's another layer of complexity for the plan sponsors, um, uh, you know, to, to provide that relief. And as a side note, uh, you know, all of these changes, they, they weren't they weren't required. In fact, plan sponsors had a choice whether to provide it or not. I don't have data on, uh, you know, who chose to and who chose not to. I believe many of our, mm -hmm. our, our clients did choose to provide this for their participants. Um, but, uh, you know, so from the regulatory standpoint, there's still a lot of un and unanswered questions. We, we didn't get regulations with this, of course. Uh, we just had a quick law passed. Um, you know, how else I see it changing the industry is, um, you know, much like we're going to see in our economy, there, there's winners and losers. And because of that, um, you know, it, it's not all bad news. Um, unfortunately, yes, we do have some companies that are hurting. They're making changes to their plan. Um, they may be terminating their plan, which any plan sponsors out there that are planning on terminating their plan, uh, there is a process to go through it. So you can't just say, I'm done and move on. I think most people know that, but just in case. But we've also got people setting up new plans. Um, we've even got people setting up new cash balance plans. Um, just, well, we've got, uh, uh, so I think, uh, you know, being on the lookout uh, for uh, opportunities where, uh, you know, you do want to provide benefits to your participants. Uh, you want to provide uh, more than you can in the 401k plan. That's where cash balance plans come into play. So, uh, but uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I see it going. John, what about you? Yeah, I think uh, there's definitely a, a lot of uncertainty right now. I think that's a the common theme here. Um, there's a lot to be determined. Uh, however, I think some of the uh, the incentives around creating new plans that the Secure Act was designed to do may be taking a backseat here for the time being as we kind of manage this uh, this global health pandemic and, and the ripple effect it has had on the economy. I think we're going to be helping participants navigate this crisis as opposed to uh, helping small business owners establish new plans. And I'm hoping that that tide changes here sooner than later. But I think we, we have to manage this crisis uh, in the short term. Um, in terms of the industry, I think there's going to be a, a bigger focus uh, than there already is on technology and, and communication. I think this whole pandemic has really uh, forced everybody to work from home, which is uh, not new to everyone, uh, but certainly new to the majority. And I think, you know, advisors, record keepers like myself, PPAs, everyone's going to have to adjust a bit in terms of how they communicate with prospective clients, current clients. Um, everyone seems to know what Zoom is these days. I've been a big user of Zoom, but now it seems like the entire world uses Zoom. So I guess mm -hmm. leveraging technology is, is gonna become even more important 
And at the same time, I think there's going to be even a greater emphasis on financial wellness. I think this, this crisis here has really put a lot of people uh, in a tough spot. Um, and I think, uh, you know, a lot of the advisors and, and, and service providers, fiduciaries to plans are really going to uh, step up the, the wellness in terms of helping folks prepare for something as unprecedented as this, the coronavirus. Yeah, I like it. Uh, from somebody that came from the benefits and wellness space, uh, always enjoyed that term financial wellness. And I think this should definitely help accelerate that. Uh, Re- Rebecca, what about you? Uh, any predictions for what will come from this whole ordeal? Yeah, um, like, like John said, I mean, as we all had gotten used to working from home, I know businesses are starting to reopen and we're slowly, uh, gradually migrating back to our, our office spaces. I still think there's going to be a lag in um, those one-on-one or those group meetings that we were used to having as advisors um, with plan sponsors and participants. I think we're going to see more uh, virtual enrollment meetings, virtual annual meetings, um, continue to see increases in electronic communication, um, to still be that face, um, which, you know, people, people want to see who they're working with. They don't want to uh, deal by email and on the phone. So definitely more Zoom um, and, and types of meetings like that. Um, but I also think that this has also brought a lot of awareness to um, plan sponsors with regards to the design of their plan. Um, as Joe mentioned, there's so many different things that um, the CARES Act has brought into play and when you look at how your plan is designed and how many times I received calls to see what can we do to keep our plan but maybe change this or what if we want to stop things now but keep pick them back up later I mean that's where we we lean on uh, DWC to help us answer some of those questions um, but that also drives the that goes back to plans that have been established for for years um, they, they do require um, review and they need to be looked at to see if they're still meeting the needs of the business um, and also are the investments appropriate. There was an interesting article um, that was posted end of, or actually I guess it was the beginning of April on target date funds and how a majority of plans have target date funds as their default investment options in their qualified plans. And not all target date funds are the same. So if you've got some folks that are approaching retirement and they're um, counting on that that money to be, um, be there for them, being more conservative because they're getting ready to retire and you have this pandemic hit us and markets um, are all over the place and you see one account that's down 15% and another account that's down 5%, that really needs to be looked at and, and scrutinized to make sure that you're, Uh, taking care of your participants. So, you know, technology definitely, and also plan reviews, um, design and investments. I think we're going to see a lot more um, scrutiny over that um, going forward. Yeah, I totally agree. I couldn't agree more with Joe on the added complexity on top of an already complex system. Uh, My biggest takeaway is definitely seek uh, financial guidance when doing these. Um, and so I would like to wrap it up with an easy question for you guys. Uh, how have you all entertained yourself through all of this? Uh, I guess I'll start with Joe again. 
So working at uh, working at home already, um, um, you know, my uh, outlet was to go out and do things, and so uh, it, it's it's been a little uh, challenging uh, not going out and doing things. At first, I was walking a lot, uh, went on very long walks uh, up to you know some up to twelve miles. So. Um, don't get the wrong idea that I'm just exercising all the time, and, and uh, uh, but uh, that that that's how I I tried to hit it. Uh, and maybe it was an anticipation, maybe a little bit more beer that I was drinking uh, later on. So, twelve mile walk—that's impressive. All right, John, how have you been entertaining yourself? Yeah, so I'm kind of in the same boat as Joe. Uh, I I work from home as well, so my outlet here was getting outside and going and doing things. And uh, now I kind of feel like I'm in, in a prison cell here, but I think I'm like most of the country in the sense that I've watched almost everything you can watch on Netflix, uh, the good and a lot of the bad. Uh, I've kind of spent my first uh, part of the coronavirus watching everything on Netflix and Amazon prime and Hulu and everything like that. Uh, but now I've since transitioned into um, been running a lot and actually reading, which has been uh, been been really good. Uh, it's good to stop watching so much TV and get read a good book. So um, on my second book now. Yeah, I agree with you. I started out with Tiger King, as the rest of America did. Uh, any good book recommendations? Right now, I'm reading The Indifferent Stars Above. It's the tale of the uh, the Donner Party. The move from Illinois out to the West Coast. I thought it was appropriate uh, since I actually just relocated to the West Coast about uh, six, seven months ago. So, so far, so good. Very nice. Appreciated. All right, Rebecca. Well, unlike Joe and John, um, I was not working remotely. So, that was a huge adjustment um, for me. not from a technology standpoint, but just from being away from other people. Um, my dogs got to see me a lot more. They got extra walks. And I also found many things that I needed to fix at my house, um, which my husband wasn't all that keen about. Um, so if I wasn't outside jogging, which I typically do inside, um, at the gym, I've been outside doing that, taking my dogs for walks, uh, home repairs. So anything I can find, um, it gets added to a list and it gets scratched off as it gets accomplished. Um, and now that we transition back to offices, I'm not sure if the list will get completed or not, but happy for what has been done. Absolutely. All right. Thank you for listening to Whitley Penn Talks. We'll see you next time. Oh.